What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arizona Wild Bags podcast. I am Tyler, and as always, I am your host through this roller coaster of a season for the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona had probably their best weekend since the Maui weekend, where the football team won the Territorial Cup also. USC, which stands for University of Spoiled Children, came to town, along with UCLA, which stands for University of Crap Losers Anonymous, University Cronin Loathes Arizona, practically gave no credit to Arizona while shitting all over his own team. I mean, he was arguing with Jaime Hawkes on the sideline during the game and was like, something, something, F word. No, you did it. No, you did it. Like, you could see it. And he's a good coach, but man, the dude is just something else. Either way, the adopted Big Ten schools visited over the weekend. Arizona snapped UCLA's win streak at 14 games. And it has been four years, but I still cannot believe sometimes that Mick Cronin is UCLA's head coach. I don't know if I've ever seen a saltier bunch than UCLA fans after a loss after Arizona won this weekend, because it's been a while since I've seen so many haters after a win. We'll get into all of it and more. Cue the music, and let's go. After the loss to Oregon, the USC game was either going to be no problem or cause for concern, and the buttholes were going to be tight either way. Either way, though, something needed to change. And Tommy Lloyd inserted Cedric Henderson into the starting lineup, which means Pella Larson was going to come off the bench. And right away, Arizona got off to better starts defensively by adding him, and that's nothing against Pella Larson at all. He is a great defender. It's more of a compliment to Pella because with him coming off the bench, it just meant he's got the green light to score and do his thing off the ball and defensively. And it really just adds another layer of attention needed to this team that sometimes falls asleep at the wheel defensively. And having Cedric Henderson in there at the start keeps things from getting really just out of hand because the Cats have gotten off to a much better start over the last couple of games. And It continues to be a theme throughout the games. This was Arizona's best defensive effort in these two games. Besides the cupcakes of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, who Arizona thwomped by 38 points and beating Montana State, those two teams, having scored 61 and 64 points respectively, Arizona did have their best defensive effort of the season, holding USC to 66 points, And UCLA to 52 points. So obviously something is going in the right direction because Coach Tommy is doing things right because Arizona jumped in the Ken Palm adjusted defensive ratings from number 64 up to number 45. In fact, this was Arizona's 13th game against a top 100 Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency team. It's a big sentence right there. And it is 10 and 3 in those games. Now, there are seven more left on the schedule, and Ken Palm has Arizona 
having faced the fifth toughest schedule in terms of opponent defense, 27th toughest overall. Now, that stat is courtesy of Brian Peterson at RealBJP on Twitter. Also, Arizona is 6-2 and two in quad one games, and only Purdue and Kansas has more wins with seven. Now, no disrespect to USC, but Arizona won that game. They looked solid. They led the entire game. And I want to talk about the game that we all want to talk about. UCLA game and some of my takeaways from it because the whole first half just felt like a chess match. It was strategic back and forth subs in and out back and forth possessions with not much scoring. Again, I stress the buttholes were tight. The fact that Arizona held Tiger Campbell, Jaime Hawkins and Jalen Clark to seven of 23 shooting in the first half was encouraging to see. And they had 19 of the 23 points for the University of Cavs, Legs, and Ass, as I like to call them. They averaged 44 points together, but they finished with 37 points and were 14 of 48 from the field, which is 29%. And at one point, Arizona held UCLA to their largest deficit of the entire season. That's 13 points. Umar Balo, he would force the issue against UCLA relying on the foul to be called, and he needs to be faster. Set your feet when you get the entry pass and be fast because they double you every single time, and he does get assaulted on almost every play. Not going to deny that at all. But you've got to go up, absorb the contact, or else the refs are just going to call it, and the blind refs of the crap 12, that is, because they just, they were rough. They are rough in every game, but they were rough in this one. He still, Umar, badly needs a mid-range jumper and not the whole jump floater catapult cannonball thing he does. He's got weight and strength and I need to see him use it and invoke fear in the heart of men because he's just a, he's a big dude and I need to see him dominate. But when Arizona needed a bucket, it really felt like Courtney Ramey was kind of the one that was there coming through with the three-point shots. And then you had Kylan Boswell, who had a huge floater around the 10-minute mark. And he's looked wise beyond his years, as everyone will tell you, he's still only 17 years old. And he was ready for that moment. But every time UCLA needed a score, Tiger Campbell would hit that mid-range jumper, felt like, every time. And it's basically automatic. But just rebounding as a whole was the struggle for Arizona. UCLA... Their offensive rebounding was on steroids, and Arizona still pretty much led the whole game, and it was a question of when, not if UCLA was going to get back in the game. We all knew it would happen. Happens every time, and Arizona just needed to box out, rebound, focus on that, and just take smart shots, because if they could do that, they would win. And the alley-oop to Umar Balo from Tubelis off the pick and roll from Kirk Creasa just to make it a 12-point game. I'm going to be honest. I thought we had that game signed, sealed, and delivered at that point. Just play smart from that point on and you'll be fine. But unfortunately, the Wildcats team thought they had that game done too. So they took their foot off the gas, didn't go for the headshot on UCLA, the double tap. Because Arizona was up 12 points with 2 minutes and 10 seconds to go. But they had 4 turnovers in the last one minute and 44 seconds. And they completely, completely let UCLA get back in it 
and the buttholes got tight again because it was a four-point game. And Umar Ball actually had blood on his sleeve and his shorts because it was that physical of a game. And four turnovers in the last, what was I say, minute 44 seconds, and then you had the missed layup that would have been goaltending if it actually hit the backboard first, but it hit the rim first, kind of caused a review, and it was just a mess to the end of the game. And I tweeted this, and I'm going to reiterate it for you listeners, all you wild bag family members. UCLA had 18 more shot attempts in this game. Also, 18 offensive rebounds compared to eight for Arizona. Wildcats also had six more turnovers than UCLA. All of that. And they won by six. Make no mistake. Arizona earned that win through the defense and holding their own against a really, really good team. And some are saying a Final Four caliber team. And Tommy Lloyd even called it the best defensive weekend since he took over as coach. Because they held UCLA to 52 points on 31% shooting. That's the fewest points allowed to a top five team in school history. So now the record is 17-3, and and you've got a date with the Cougars coming up. And they also play Washington State. (laughs) Milf joke. That was lame. But on Thursday at 9 p.m. Arizona time, that's a late one. Can they stop Muhammad Gay and all the little shooters that Wazoo has? Because it's a lot harder to win on the road in college basketball this season. You remember that one week last season where like, so many teams were losing in the top 10. It's the week where Arizona lost to Colorado. But it feels like that's happening just about every week this season where we see these teams just going down more so than we're used to. But this week was insane. So just to review, Xavier lost to DePaul. Iowa State beat Texas. And Iowa State turns around then loses to Oklahoma State. And again, these are all teams in the top 25, most of them in the top 10. Gonzaga lost at home to Loyola Marymount. UConn lost again to Seton Hall, and they're just kind of free-falling at this point. Kansas lost in that thriller on Tuesday night to Kansas State, and then again to TCU. And then an unranked Duke team beats Miami. Then you got Arizona who beat UCLA. Then you have Houston who just lost at home to Temple. And it is insane out there. Now, Arizona should win at Washington State. And I think revenge is on deck for our boys in red and blue. Because this team is way too good to lose to the Washington State MILFs twice in a season. For the MVP rankings this week, we'll start out with the honorable mentions, which is Pella Larson and Kirk Carissa. Now, they both had up and down weeks completely. But the raw emotion and the spark plug energy that they give this team, keeping them together and motivated, it's just unmatched. You have Kirk Carissa, who he still leads the Pac-12 in assists at 5.8 a game. And you have Pella Larson, who he contributes in so many different ways. And he had a nice little two-man game going with Zulus Tubelis, where he kind of, he beats his man off the dribble, drives, and then lobs it up to Azulis or makes this swift little pass inside. Like He does a lot. And Kirk Carissa, he struggles at times, but you know what? I was a bit hard on him last week, and he still is just, he's a very, very big piece of this team. I don't care what way you want to spin it. 
He is still very viable on offense. He hits the threes when we need him to, at least. Uh, now, he didn't have a great game against UCLA. That's fine, because he didn't need it. Everyone else did really good. I don't know. He did need it. I take that back. He did need it. That was stupid. But starting at number three, Umar Balo comes in at third this week, dropping a spot from his usual home at two, because I just want to see more from Balo, such as how he dominated in Maui. I'm not saying teams have him figured out, and they sure know how to contain him, it feels like, but he has got to sharpen his footwork and fluidity that he had just when the season started, because the stretch run is where you improve. Now, thankfully, Umar Balo is still playing efficient basketball. You know, he's top five in the conference in scoring and second in rebounding too. Overall, he still had a good week nonetheless. Coming in at second this week is Courtney Ramey for his reemergence lately in scoring. He was eight of 15 from three this weekend. And it felt like every time Arizona needed a bucket against UCLA, he was one of the guys that came through every time. And I feel like he needs to shoot more with the percentages he's had in games this season because he is killing it. And don't forget what he does defensively, poking the ball loose. And he was just a big part of the reason why Tiger Campbell shot only 5 of 18 from the field. And then you have our number one man, Azulis Tubelis, who is still king. 17 rebounds to go along with 15 points against University of Spoiled Children? Are you kidding me? And against UCLA, he struggled. But when you're the number one scoring option on a, well, after the polls come out this week, a top 10 team in the country, you're going to have off nights. He was 5 of 15 from the field, 14 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. Now, there were moments where it felt like Tubelis was just diving and going for every loose ball and just doing all the dirty work the team and at one point against four UCLA defenders when he dove. Now he leads the Pac-12 still in scoring and rebounding and if he isn't Pac-12 player of the year then nobody should win the award and I will personally write the Pac-12 on Azulis behalf and the whole conference will be labeled as corrupt because that would be just a downright travesty to college basketball if he didn't win player of the year because he has been that good. And for Wildest Wildcat this week, the previous winners have been Benedict Matherin for what he's been doing with the Pacers to go along with TJ McConnell, the finisher, Laurie Markinen, or sometimes DeAndre Ayton this week. It's not going to be one of those guys. It's going to be a lot of guys. The whole Arizona Wildcats basketball team wins the wildest Wildcats of the week, including Coach Lloyd. Now, I'm going to spew some stats out for you, so just pay attention, and I'll do my best to not sound like a boring robot just vomiting knowledge on you. They are undefeated against ranked opponents this year. They've got wins over number 5 UCLA, number 6 Tennessee, number 14 Indiana, number 10 Creighton, in number 17, San Diego State. Also, the first time Arizona has won scoring under 60 points in the Tommy Lloyd era. And to add more confetti to the party of stats, first time Arizona has won 
three straight games over UCLA since 2009 and 2010. And shout out to Justin Spears for those stats. In fact, Arizona has won its last three games played against top five teams in McHale Center. UCLA today, number three UCLA last year. And if you remember back in that fluke of a year in 2017 when ASU was somehow top five because they got quickly overrated after beating Xavier in Kansas and every analyst jumping all over their lap and then ASU proceeded to lose 12 of their next 20 games and lost to Syracuse in the first four game in the tournament. Basically, it was the DeAndre Ayton year. Now, the UCLA game ended ugly, but they're still the wildest wildcat of the week because that was just, that was a big win. And I can tell you this, the next time Arizona plays UCLA in Poly Pavilion, that is going to be just a physical brood of a game right there. And my red and blue moment of the week, Arizona beating UCLA gave Tommy Lloyd his 50th win, and it only took him 57 games to reach that. That's the fastest a head coach has reached 50 wins in conference history. And as we are all well aware, he took over from Sean Miller, who wasn't bad at all and had assembled a great roster, but with that dark cloud that had been hanging over the program, it's not like the roster was the 2014-15 roster loaded with talent at every position and some depth. They were 21-9 and and were going to make the tournament before the self-imposing postseason ban. So, I mean, it was a solid roster for sure. I'm not taking anything away from Sean Miller, but just for reference, it took Coach Miller 73 games at Arizona to get his 50th win. Now, remember, he took over for Russ Pennell, who actually went 21-14 and the season before Miller took over. He got players transferring out and that roster had Jeff Withy on it, the big man that was a star at Kansas. And I went down a rabbit hole researching that stat. I forgot Mike Dunlap, who's an assistant on the Bucks, was an assistant for Russ Pennell. And it feels like everybody passes through U of A at some point as an assistant coach. And then you have Lute Olson, who it took 84 games to reach 50 wins. And of course, that was just that was a different era of basketball entirely, let alone just a different era of the University of Arizona, where the coach before Lute was Ben Lindsay, and he was there for one year only, and he had the worst coaching percentage at U of A, winning 14% of his games, and was four wins and 24 losses. Arizona was not a basketball program yet before Lute took over. Now, I don't know what the hell any of this means. I just wanted to share that with you all because... The moral of the story is to say Tommy Lloyd is killing it at Arizona is an understatement. So Sean Miller won 70% of his games at Arizona. Lute Olson won 75% of his games. Tommy Lloyd, are you ready for this? He has won 90% of his games so far. We are spoiled to have had Lute Olson, Sean Miller, and Tommy Lloyd. We just are. Tommy Lloyd he is everything we have ever wanted in a coach. He's always chipper and upbeat in his press conferences. And if you watch his handshakes with the other coaches after the games, he's got something nice to say or laugh about 
with the other coaches and he's an all around good guy and I've never met him. And I know that I am excited to see just what else he does in Arizona, because this is only the beginning and congrats coach on 50 wins and being the fastest ever in the PAC 12 history to reach that. And here's to many more wins at Arizona. Now, Tommy Lloyd isn't the only coach doing amazing things at the University of Arizona. You got Jed Fish, who is building something of his own at Arizona. He's had the whole program trending upwards ever since he stepped foot at Arizona. And on Friday night at the Polynesian Bowl, Jed Fish picked up a commitment from four-star linebacker Leviticus Sua out of the class of 2023. My baggest bag of the week goes to Jed Fish, who now has five-star linebacker Justin Flo four-star linebacker Leviticus Sua, and returning stud Jacob Manu at linebacker. And the defense has dramatically improved this offseason. And the Arizona football team now has a player named Leviticus. They've got a player named Ephesians and Genesis. So it begs the question, is something spiritual happening in Arizona? Or maybe God just bears down? We already had a mass exodus with I believe it was 22 or 23 players that have transferred this offseason from the defense. And the numbers on these new guys coming in are insane. So let's get biblical. Biblical. (laughs) Either way, I'm going to hell for that. For real, though, what Jed Fish has done is remarkable. After taking over for Kevin Sumlin's weak roster and state of the program that they were in, after being at the bottom of the barrel and in such disarray as a program. So, Jed Fish, he's getting it done and he is turning things around. And this team is just destined for a bowl game next season, if not more. Shout out to TJ McConnell for the season he's been having with the Indiana Pacers. He's been averaging 15 points. 8.3 assists, and 5.9 rebounds per game while shooting 62.5% from the field over his last seven games. And he had his third career triple-double and a career-high 29-point performance last week. Now, he's not a Walmart point god. We'll say he's a Costco point god. I love Costco. Also, the Suns should have signed him a few years ago and they might have had a championship with him on their roster. Just maybe. But I love the Indiana Pacer Wildcats with Matherin and TJ. Also, shout out to all the fans at McHale Center for the whiteout. That crowd was loud. And when the alley-oop play from Tubelis to Balo happened, you all erupted. And that was just incredible. Definitely a reason that the Cats held on and played like they did. Also wanted to shout out all of you who've listened to me ramble on about these games and what I took away from them and all my little silly segments and being able to share my love of U of A with you guys. So thank you for that. And remember, use code DeAndre Ayton for 15% off everything at ArizonaWildBags.com. And if you haven't, just go check out the website. It's gotten a refresh on it and looks a whole lot better. And we're going to be adding a lot of new content to it. So check it out. ArizonaWildBags.com. Thank you all again. 
Hope you all have a great week. Make good choices, stay safe, and most importantly, bear down and beat the Washington schools this week.